Hello, visionaries. Today, before the Big Book study recording, there is an announcement. A vision for you is thrilled to announce an event on the weekend that we will spend together of October 30th, 31st, and November 1st of 2015. The power of the Big Book, a weekend of inspiration, education, and motivation. This event will be held at the Wyndham Virginia Beach Oceanfront Hotel and Convention Center. Come and enjoy the laughter, the recovery of fellowship, and the ocean shore. Registration and all the information for this event can be found on our website, which is www.avisionforyou.info. Plan to join us and we'll see you there. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, March 3rd, 2015. And today we are reading from the big book, and we are in a new paragraph, I'm sorry, a new chapter, chapter 5, Working With You on page 58, starting with paragraph 1. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Diane G., Twelve Traditions, Jane B., Reading the Text, Carrie H., Renata G., and Chelsea H. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, March 2, 2015, 7365. 7365. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Diane G. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Diane G. from New Hampshire. Um, Grateful to be here this morning. I'm a recovered, not cured, compulsive overeater. Twelve steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. 
five admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for his knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Diane G. I will now ask Jane B. to read the 12 traditions. And Jane B., press star 1 to unmute. Jane B, press star one to unmute. I'm sorry, couldn't get unmuted. Thank you. Hi, this is Jane B from Florida. I'm grateful, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, our, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as we as he may express himself in our group conscience, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, thus mon- problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, overhead eaters anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name will never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Jane B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. 
Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're starting a new chapter, which I made a mistake, and I will name it properly now. You're starting on Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 58, paragraph 1. And I will ask Terry H. to begin our study. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Mel. Thanks for your service. Good morning, Vision for You. Uh, Terry H. recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. Really, have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path? Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to the simple program, usually men and women who are constantly incapable of being honest with themselves. They are such unfortunate. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. And yay, we're in uh, Chapter 5, How It Works, and here they are. They're laying out the path for me to follow. Um, you know, this tells me they, too, have stumbled <clears throat> blindly through life with no reasonable conception of life meaning. So, um, you know, for me, by following these, you know, following this uh, this path that they've laid out so beautiful for me, you know, I, I get to, too, experience this way of life. Um, you know, and for me, step step three is is just a, a, about a decision for for this power. Um, step two is um, the decision about this power, and step three is the decision for this power. And you know, where they say the line, the line where it says there are such unfortunates. You know, um, you know, this is a clear wa- clear warning for me um, because there was so many times that I had tried, you know, to continue to do it my way and. You know, and until I could find the willingness to to give this program an honest honest try, you know, um, it, it's telling you know they're telling me that I will not recover, and I'm so grateful that because of all the research that I had with um, doing it my way, that you know I saw my powerlessness in one step one, and you know my need for for this power in step two, and you know step three is just about moving forward, you know, for this power and to continue. You know, to be to be honest, um, it says three times in this paragraph. You know, the word honest, and you know, I had to grasp this program as you know, like the drowning grasp a life preserver. And um, you know, I get to develop this way of life by practicing the twelve steps in all areas of my life. And I'm so grateful that this path that they talk about is the path to freedom. But it's just about me, you know, continuing to do you know, what the clear-cut direction that they have laid out before me. And I'm so grateful that that has been my experience today and that I have actually, you know, <clears throat> am recovered and grateful that, you know, I get to share on this line by the grace of God that um, it works and it's here for all. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Terry H. Who would like to comment on the paragraph that was just read? 
is Larry. Hi, Larry. Katie Good morning F. to you. Hi, Katie F. Jane F. Okay, thank you so much. We'll go with Larry <coughs> K first, Katie F, and then Jane F. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Melanie. Uh, Larry Kay, a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, so yeah, this paragraph, uh, boy, I, I uh, you know, read it many, many times. And, um, you know, I'll just start off with the very first sentence. You know, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. And, <clears throat> excuse me, for me, you know, I've often said that, um, that I, I, I personally have never seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed this path. Now, I, I was someone who did not thoroughly follow this path uh, for the better part of five years when I first came into program. Um, I dabbled. I, I stick my toes in the pool a, a little bit here and there. Um, I worked uh, some tools. And, uh, and it wasn't all bad. You know, I met some wonderful people. Um, somehow I remained uh, in program, but I, we hear on this line and in our meetings all the time people that have been around for many, many, many years and are still struggling and swimming upstream in this disease. Um, I think, you know, once someone, you know, thoroughly follows the path, <clears throat> which is laid out so beautifully in the big book, what happens is, is they will have uh, spiritual awakening or personality, uh, personality change, uh, transformation sufficient to bring them into alignment with the higher power of their own understanding. And um, as a result of that, uh, the obsession of the mind, one of the, one of the things is the obsession of the mind will be lifted. And um, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful today. I mean, here I am this morning. If, just like so many people, you know, have work, have other things, lots of stresses, lots of things in my life. But by thoroughly following this path, God has brought me into a place of peace and serenity in the midst of, of um, you know, difficulties and challenges and things. And that was not my day-to-day before. My day-to-day before was uh, waking up to another food fog, uh, misery, struggle, anxiety, depression, um, inability to have relationships and all that. Thank God for this practical program of action. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry Kay. Katie F. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And, you know, at one time in OA, I had this uh, this whole section memorized. And I can remember walking to this meeting in the dark and I was scared so I just recited this paragraph um, or this section to myself you know as this mantra and yet you know uh, several more years before I was able to be um, constitutionally honest with myself and so then I started thinking well I am I am that person I am that person constitutionally incapable of being honest and, you know, thank God um, that God me from my thinking, from my own thinking that I was incapable of working this program. I just thought I was, you know, somehow, you know, uh, capable of doing so many other things in my life, but, but this program was not going to work for someone like me. And it wasn't until I stopped saying 
yes, but, and I started saying, okay. That's all I had to do was just be willing to trust that person who was one step above me, who was one, you know, one little bit ahead of me on this path and, and take their hand and say, yes, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Instead of, you know, my way was I had every excuse in the book why I could not um, be honest with my food and why I could not um, follow this path. You know, if you had my family, if you had my job, if you had my financial situation, if you had this and that and every other excuse under the sun. And, you know, it really had to do with more of what we talked about in Chapter 4 of my agnosticism in trusting that God cared about my stupid food problem. And, you know, it turned out he did. God did care and God does care. And since that day when I finally said, okay, I have, instead of being um, incapable of being honest, I now have this ability that um, even when I'm about to make a mistake, you know, something comes to my mind. It's like, wait a minute, Katie, that's not what you're supposed to be doing right now. It's like, oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Or, you know, oh, I said I was going to do this, but that's not going to work. So you need to, you know, recommit what you're going to do today. And, you know, that has worked for me for now decades. For over two and a half decades, I have been constitutionally capable of being honest instead of incapable. With that, I pass. Thank you, Katie F. Jane F. Jane F., are you with us this morning? Yes, uh, Jane S., as in Sam. Oh, great, thank you. Hi. Go um, ahead, it's your turn. This is Jane S., um, a recovered compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. And it was really great hearing uh, that uh, section that I've heard for so many years read at the beginning of uh, my OA meetings. And I'm just hearing it differently now and having a different response to it. Um, When I would hear it uh, prior to becoming recovered, um, I would quizzically think, you know, am I really, you know, why aren't I getting this the way I want to? You know, I just would have periods of, you know, up up and down abstinence. Um, Is it because I I felt like I was being honest with myself, but um, you, you, you don't know what you don't know. And it wasn't until I uh, started working this program of recovery using the big book and, um, Uh, following somebody who uh, could guide me along those lines that I was able to see really how dishonest I was being to myself, especially as far as the food concerns. Um, Just being in the culture of the OA meetings that I had been attending for, you know, 20 years, there was a lot of um, uh, forgiving yourself for picking up and being, you know, quote, kind and gentle with yourself, et cetera, and um, which uh, is a good thing in many respects, but it was not helpful to me um, in 
becoming honest about the food. And so I'm so grateful to be in a, a place now where, uh, you know, I'm being helped and guided in being completely honest with myself, being completely honest with the food. And that has made all the difference. And now when I hear the promises read, I'm where before I would say, why don't I have that? Why don't I have that? You know, I've been around for a long time. Now I'm listening to each one and saying, yeah, I, I do feel that. And I'm, I'm just really grateful. And I pass. Thank you, Jane S. Would anyone else like to comment on the first paragraph on page 58 today? This is Anne-Marie. And Janice. Anne. And Janice. Anne-Marie and then Janice. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Okay. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Yeah, hi. Good morning. This is Anne-Marie M., uh, Recovered Compulsive Eater in South Carolina. Um, The word simple was really uh, stood out to me this morning in that sentence, the second sentence that says, those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. Um, You know, and I was able to be honest with myself, but I complicated this program quite a bit. Um, And it brought, that word simple brought me back to page 47, We Agnostic, the chapter that we just finished studying, um, uh, almost the last full sentence on that page. Uh, So it was comforting to learn that we could commence with a simpler level. And they were talking about the spirituality part. Um, Here, this whole program is simple. It's laid out. There are clear-cut instructions throughout the book that I needed to go through with a person, a recovered compulsive eater that had been through this book with someone else to help her, she showed me the instructions. She showed me the promises. Um, there are prayers throughout the book. This book is amazing. This book has helped me to learn how to live my life. Um, never, this book, these steps did not teach me how to quit my compulsive eating or any of my addictive behaviors. This, uh, the steps have helped me to learn how to live life. And um, it is very simple. And I'll, I'll tell you one one thing that um, I had a sponsor tell me to read the doctor's opinion and um, get back to her. And I not only read it, I outlined it. I put it, you know, Roman numeral one, capital A, one, two, and three. And then I had little subtitles, uh, little A, B, and C. Um, you know, I had to complicate things because I didn't think it could be this simple. It is a very simple program. It's not easy because I, I had to go through a lot of emotional stuff. But um, simple, surely it is a simple program. Thanks. Thanks, Anne-Marie M. Janice M. Yes, good morning, Melanie C. And everyone, my name is Janice M. And I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. You know, just the title alone, how it works. How does what work? Well, how does the... You know, we just got finished reading four paragraphs, you know, I mean, four chapters, you know, giving us the problem, giving us the problem. So what are we looking for? We're looking for a solution. So this chapter is going to show us. It's going to sh- It showed me. 
of course, I didn't know that then because I didn't understand the problem because we started on this chapter, so I, I didn't understand why I couldn't stay abstinent. But this chapter is going to sh- it shows me, it showed me, and it still shows me the directions on how to live. First of all, and how to get the results, because that's what that's what I'm, I'm. I want the results. I want the results of the problem. I don't want to. I mean, I could stop eating for a short time or doing living things, but I wasn't honest because I didn't know my problem, like the previous chapters. So this book, this chapter is going to show me the directions, the exact directions, and this is what they say. Really, have we seen? because they've already been through this, and really means very seldom, hardly ever, have we seen a person fail who thoroughly followed our directions, obeyed these steps. That's the directions. They took action. Uh, Thoroughly, you know, people say, oh, thoroughly, I have to write everything. I have to write everything when we come to the steps. No, It, it means just to be honest. Now, the honesty here for me is, um, that I didn't want to be a compulsive overeater. So, and I really didn't want to stop forever. You know, I just wanted to stop maybe until Thanksgiving or Easter or whatever holiday you celebrated. So that's where the honesty was, first with the food and knowing that I'm a compulsive overeater and that's it. And then the other was the manner of living, the way I lived. I wasn't honest in the actions, the actions that I that I displayed in my behaviors, um, you know, it doesn't matter. Even if you have an emotional or mental illness, you can, if we're honest, there's going to, we can follow these directions. So that's the very first thing. This, this chapter is going to show us how, how we get to the solution, how we come to the solution, because it's a spiritual path, because um, it's going to be clear cut directions to find the power that I didn't have in the first place. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. M. Vasa O., you're next. Good morning, everybody. I'm Vasa. Thank you, Melanie, for your service. And I'm Vasa O., recover compulsive overeater from Florida. I remember going, and of course, every time I go to a meeting, we always, uh, you know, read how it works. And it just gave me so much hope, you know. And honestly, I was honest. I, you know, I needed, I admitted I was powerless over the food, you know. I tried to, to find that power for years and years to put it down. I couldn't do it by myself. And the solution is right here. Wow. What a gift, you know. But I'm also grateful that I heard this was not a religious program. program. It was a spiritual program. So that was plus for me, too. I probably would have ran away if I heard it was a religious program. But anyways, it says, really have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path? So they mean only few of them don't recover. So I had the chance. I mean, my, my chance was so big to recover. Only few of them don't recover. And it says, but I needed to be honest, open-minded, and willing and I was ready, and I was ready again. I was open-minded, and I was willing because I didn't want to die. I didn't want to continue with this disease anymore. It was killing me. So, so it says, those who do not recover, people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program, usually 
men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. Well, with the food, I was really ready, and I was honest that I, you know, I, I can't do this by myself, God. But with my life and my will, I had struggled. I was still skeptical about that part. But it didn't matter. I needed to start with the food first. And the other parts started coming gradually as I got into the steps. And there's a last, par- last sentence says, there are those who, t- those are, um, there are those too who suffer from great emotional mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. And yeah, it to, to be, and I have a friend, she said, well, I, I have the disease and I'm m- mentally incapable to do it, you know, but she's not giving enough into the program, you know. But anyways, I need to let her go. I need to let her go because she's not ready. And I was ready and I was willing to do whatever it takes. Even if my husband said to me, you don't need that program, you know. And, if, and years ago, I would have probably given it up for him. But I needed to stick. I wanted to live. I didn't want to die. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Would anyone else like to share on this before we move on? This is Elsie M. from Pennsylvania. Uh, This is Ronnie. Okay, we'll take Elsie M. and then Ronnie before we move on. Thank you. Good morning, Elsie. Good morning. Thank you so much for letting me share. Um, When I first came into recovery, I was at a meeting that read these first couple paragraphs of how it works every single day. And it just became ingrained in my head. And I became... um, just so comforted by these paragraphs because I really felt it was some kind of direction book on how I could do this program. And, uh, of course, I really believed I was mentally insane. So when I got to the paragraph that talked about even people with grave emotional disorders, um, I thought, oh, my God, well, if they can do it, if I, maybe that's going to help me too. And um, now just because I believed in this didn't mean that I got abstinent right away. I didn't. But I kept coming back to that sentence of rarely has a person failed who has thoroughly followed our path. So it gave me the courage to keep trying, to keep coming back and keep getting back on that path, to keep doing what my sponsor said and listening to people who had what I wanted. That's what this, these first couple of paragraphs did for me. And I hope that for those who are still out there that maybe are struggling, that they will um, trust us and, and, and hear that it really does work. It really does. That's all I have. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, LCM. Ronnie P. Uh, thank you. Uh, good morning, everybody. Ronnie P. from Pennsylvania. Um, you know, when I years ago when I came into program and I read this, I would think you would say, you know, men and women constitutionally incapable of being honest. And I thought, well, I'm not one of them. I'm an honest person. And I think probably a lot of us are. We are probably really honest in so many areas of our lives. You know, I pay my taxes. I'm honest. I feel bad if I, if I don't get charged for a product at the supermarket. I will go back and say, did you know that you didn't charge me? I mean, I'm honest. But, you know, growing up um, as a compulsive overeater, um, I actually had a very rich fantasy life. And my fantasy was that, and one day when I'm thin, this will happen, and that will happen, and this will happen. And so I got into this mindset of postponement 
um, of when something would be real. Like one day life will be real because apparently the life I was living wasn't real. You know, getting up and going about my days wasn't real. One day life was really going to begin. So I think, you know, we can get into this mindset of postponement and it actually feels honest. I mean, it feels real, right? If something is real, it means it's honest. So I had a really skewed idea of what honest meant. And um, it's taken me a long time in program to really get what honesty means. And um, honesty means that I, I stay in reality. And, um, but it's been really hard to let go of that rich fantasy life I had because that felt very real. And some days those very real fantasies kind of did get me through days. You know, sometimes they did. They pulled me through. Uh, not in a good way, but I guess they did. They sort of did their work. So I had to not just become honest, but also let go of even the notion of one day life will be this or that. Um, you know, God wants me to be alive and present right now in this moment, and I don't have to wait for one day for something to be okay. It can be okay right now, and the reason why it can is because I'm not in charge. If my God is in charge, then I've got there's there's nothing to fantasize about. There's no escape I have to imagine will come and rescue me, will, and that's when life will really begin. So um, I was constitutionally incapable, but not in the way that I thought, because I thought I'm an honest person. Um, so this has really, um, you know, I like to use the analogy that sometimes, you know, you've got furniture in a room and the light is on. And if you turn off the light and turn on a different light, the room looks very different. It's the same furniture and everything, but the shadows cast are different and everything looks different. It's still the same. And I think what I've finally been getting in this first graph is that this is what it is. Um, it's a brand new way of looking at something that I did not even know wasn't honest. Uh, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ronnie P. Moving on now to paragraph two. Renata G., would you please read and comment on that paragraph two, please? Sure, Melanie. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., Recovered Compulsive Reader in New York. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. And, uh, you know, stories have a beginning, a middle, and an end. You know, and it says here, what we used to be like. I know what I used to be like. I got to this program overweight, unhappy, full of fear and anger, remorse, shame, selfish and self-centered, overly anxious and worried, dishonest, lonely, and filled with self-hatred. You know, then what happened to me? I worked the 12 steps, exactly as laid out in the big book. I followed the directions from my sponsors. I had, you know, I had an open mind to come to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. That, you know, this higher power could show me a different way of living, you know. And what am I like now? I'm sane. Thank God I'm sane today. I'm sane in the way I eat. I'm sane in the way I think. I'm sane in the way I behave. I have peace and serenity, and I don't have to fight anything or anyone. I know that God's in control. I'm not in control. I'm not trying to run the world anymore. And, you know, it says, if you have decided you want what we have, 
you know, the first 100 that wrote this book, what do they have? You know, recovery. So if you have decided that you want recovery and you're willing to go to any length to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. You know, what steps? The 12 steps. You know, uh, for me, going to an enlancement, you know, first of all, put the food down. Be entirely abstinent, not somewhat abstinent, not, you know, keep on holding on to certain foods that I thought I could not ever let go of. You know, I still had a few crutches in the food, and I had to let go absolutely. You know, it meant that I, had, that I also had to let go of old ideas. I had to become open-minded. I had to let go of control and completely surrender to this process, you know, to the practical program of action. I had to surrender to a power greater than myself. I had to admit defeat. I had to admit that I didn't know what to do. Whatever I've tried did not work. And so I had to surrender myself to this new power. I had to make an inventory and take an honest look at my part in every resentment, fear, sex, conduct, and harm. I had to honestly share it with another human being, holding nothing back, hiding nothing. You know, I had to act differently whenever tempted to act on my character defect. And, you know, also have humility to ask God to change me. I had to make amends to people who have caused harm, even when I was scared to do it, even when it was inconvenient, and even when people, you know, that I was making amends to, even when they have hurt me too. And, you know, I, I have to persevere in this way of life. I have to continue to work this, this set on a daily basis. I have to seek con- uh, closer contact with my higher power every day, and be of service to others, try to be helpful to others, you know, get out of self. And these are the things that this steps required of me to acquire and maintain a new way of living. And like Bill said in his story, you know, it's a way of life that is incredibly more wonderful as time passes. And that's true for me today, by the grace of God. Thanks, and I pass. Thank you, Renata G. Who would like to comment on Chelsea? Chelsea? Too? Chelsea? I heard Melissa Chelsea. C. This is Bella Kemeisher. Sorry. I heard. Okay, let's go with those four. I got it. I got all four of you. I have Chelsea H, Melissa C, and then Bella and Sally A. Good morning, Chelsea. Good morning, Melanie. Thanks for your service. This is Chelsea H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater for today. So this information for me here is the moment of truth. And I have gone and come to the conclusion for power. I come to the conclusion that I I need to have some kind of power, and now I'm about to make some kind of decision about that power and move forward with the rest of the work. Also in um, this paragraph here, it says, Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we're like now. So that's our story. That's the identification process. And here at this time and place where I'm going to have to come to a decision about this power that I've said I had a need for because I'm screwed without it, I admitted I was screwed, and all the information before, at this point I've identified in, and now it's saying to me that if I decided that I do want what whomever is in front of me with the solution is offering, and, and am I willing to go to any lengths to get it 
for me to get it, not for them to hand it to me or for me to get it by osmosis from working with them or anything. In order for me to get it, it says then you're ready to take certain steps. So at this point, am I ready? Am I ready to move forward to make my decision about power and then take action on that decision? Because on page 30 it said we had to fully concede. Have my delusions been smashed? Am I still finagling around with the food? Am I still trying to manipulate what things I can have on my food plan? Is food still the general focus and I'm not even focusing on the work? So a couple of things that I did that was helpful to me because the book doesn't say anything about writing up until this point. All we're doing are coming to conclusions and then making a decision about those conclusions that we've come to and taking action on it. So for me, what was helpful was to clearly understand what does it mean to me to go to any length? What does that mean? Once I got really clear with what it meant to me, it was helpful because then I was able to have some type of a kind of a guide for how I would start to move forward with the rest of the work. And I had a plan for how I was going to eat. I had things in, it's kind of like I was getting ready for to go up the down escalator that y'all hear Kim talk about on here. And it's kind of, it was like I was prepping. I was getting ready to start the, the race because it's a race for your life. Because if you'll go back to the food, if you don't get through the rest of the process, so now that I've gotten all the information I need, I've gotten what um, items I'll need to start to take the race, now it's time for me to say, am I willing to, be, to go to any lengths to get it? And I need to know that. So I go back to page 30, and I really say, you know, it says we learned. We had to fully concede to our innermost selves. None of the bullshit. No more tinkering around the edges or messing around, lying, uh, manipulating things, trying to uh, have the sponsor carry the load of your work or make them responsible for your own honesty. No, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is the moment of truth now because we're about to make a turn. It's an inward turn. And I didn't know that because for many, many years I was turning outside to find any type of solution to stop being face down in the food and tinkling bottles of liquor. I would do anything at this point, but what does that mean? And how far am I supposed to go? Because I've learned that I'm finite up to this point. I'm, I'm powerless. But I learned that there is infinite power if it were sought. So what am I ready to do now? This is the moment of truth, and now the rubber's going to meet the road, and I need to make some decisions about this power and then take action on those decisions. So thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Chelsea H. Melissa C., is that correct? Melissa C., am I up? Yes, yes, good morning. Hi, this is, good morning. This is Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and um, you know I'm I'm so excited. It's um it's been now a little over a year that I'm abstinent, but not just abstinent. Um, I could say recovered, and um and because I've been abstinent for uh, other times for over a year, but um this time it's different. And what is different is that um I was willing. <laughs> To go to any length. Um, it wasn't. Um, I haven't been dieting with group support. I've been working this program, and you know, it's no um, accident that this chapter is how it works. It, 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 there is work involved. Um, you know, I 
came in, um, or re, you know, re came in a year ago, um, completely beaten down by this disease. I had, um, you know, the weight was coming back on like crazy. I couldn't put what I thought were my safe foods were no longer my safe foods because I couldn't put those down anymore. And my thinking was, um, I realized was really becoming my biggest problem at all. And that's when I was desperate enough to go to any length. It was no more tweaking this program. Um, there was no more tweaking it for me. I realized that lack of power was my dilemma. And then the solution was going to have to be finding a way to access the tower. And um, I started listening, you know, and I heard it here before. It's like if you're really drowning, you know, you're going to grab that life preserver without, um, you know, telling it how you want the life preserver to be. It's, um, it's, you will take the hand that, you know, that's out and, and grab hold of it. And, you know, I shared at my face-to-face eating this, this weekend, um, you know, and got to celebrate, you know, a year of abstinence and, um, you know, and, and, and I shared what I was like, what happened to me, you know, and how I'm working my program. And um, invariably I was approached by people afterwards who, you know, people who recovered, they, they want it. And, uh, and yet I could hear from some of them there's already um, conditions. <laughs> They're giving me their conditions. Well, I can't do that. You know, I can't write my food down. Uh, no, I can't. I, I, I don't have time to write every day or read every day or whatever it is. I can't, I can't change my program of recovery. I can, I can offer what's working for me. And the beautiful thing is um, it's okay that they're where they are. You know, I was there too, and um, and I have acceptance for all things and all people, and I'll, you know, I'll help anybody that's um, open and willing to help, but I can't change this program. I can't change what it's taking me to recover, and, um, you know, and if you're desperate enough, um, there are no conditions, <laughs> and that's what I found out, and so the best I can do is allow people to experience their own desperation. And, um, and be there with the answer um, when they're ready. And I'm so grateful that I'm ready and, uh, and that I have this wonderful mind of all of you today helping me to recover with that I'll have. Thank you, Melissa C. Bella G. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G. And I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Melanie, for doing this service. And thank you very much, everybody on the line. If you have decided, wow, such a freedom. Yes, now that I am, thank God, thank God in the program, I have the capacity to be honest. What it means to be honest, to accept and admit that I am powerless. I am human being and I am powerless. And yet, Sorry, I am not a robot. Yes, I have the power to choose. To choose. I have the power to choose my beliefs. I have the power to choose the way I want to live. I have the power to choose 
24-7. Yes, and I have a disease because this is the way God created me. And yet, I have the power to choose if I want to be recovered. Yes, and if you have decided, and this is my power, to decide that I want today to be recovered. Yes, and I decided to live, to do, to learn the steps, to do the steps, to live in the steps. It's such a freedom. Yes, the decision is in my hands. This is my power. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella G. Sally A. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you for your service to all of us. And good morning, a vision for you. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. And so, of course, a lot has been said. I want to chime in here with this uh, this the second half of that sentence. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. And it's interesting that they put this here after they've given us a, a mouthful on the subject of getting honest with themselves. Um, as we saw this previous paragraph that that chimes over and over, it, it rings this loud bell of honesty, honesty, honesty. And the truth is you're not going to be willing to do what it takes to get well if you really don't understand what you've got. If you aren't honest enough with yourself to know who you are and what you've been dealing with. Because if you're anything like me, you were, you were sneaking the food, you were hiding. And people used to say to me, I don't know how, she, I don't know how she's struggling with her weight. She never eats. That's, that's what I used to hear people say. She never eats. Excuse me. I was eating all right. I just wasn't eating in front of you. That was the truth of the matter. So until I got honest with me and I stopped waiting for other people to agree that something was really wrong with Sally, until I stopped waiting for a husband to say something is really wrong with you when I was skinny and he didn't know that I was bulimic and he didn't know all the tricks I had up my sleeve, until I got honest with me and I admitted to me something is very wrong, Sally. Something has got to change. Until I got honest, I wasn't going to be willing to go to any length to get well. When I found out about this word recovered, the first time I heard that word was after 30 years in Overeaters Anonymous. But I learned that the solution was found in this book. I, I wept first. First I, I cried for days. It took me a little while to get over uh, the reality of I obviously hadn't been listening um, because 30 years is a long time to be in the rooms and not hear that the answers and the solutions. And I had heard it, but I hadn't really heard what I needed to hear. But when it says here, are willing to go to any length to get it, that was my problem. I wasn't willing to go to any length to get well because I didn't take my own disease seriously. When it says in page 32 on the, in the 12 and 12, on page 32, uh, you know, about 10 lines up, it says, we had been asking something for nothing. I wanted to get well, but truth be told, I wanted to get thin, and then I wanted to go on eating the way I had been eating my whole life. I wanted to get thin so nobody else could see I had a problem so that I could binge and not, and not experience the consequences. But, you know, when you finally read the sentence, 
if you have decided you want what we have, you want to get recovered, and you're willing to go to any lengths to get it, you're going to stop putting this program in a, in a, in a shoebox in your closet and, and keeping it, you know, in a small way so that you don't let it overshadow your life. Bottom line is you've got to treat this thing like it's a cancer because it is a cancer. It's a cancer of your soul. And until you treat this thing like cancer, where you allow this to be your, the function of your life for just a few months, it's your whole function of my life is I want to get well, then you are ready to take certain steps. And here they come. Thanks for letting me share. With that, I pass. Thank you, Sally A. We have time for one more person to share for just a little over two minutes. Would someone like to take that spot? This is Paula. May I do that? I would like that. Thanks so much, Paula. Take us out. Uh, Thank you. And I am ever mindful of the time, Melanie. And I first want to start with good morning. It truly is a good morning. And thank you. Oh, followed by my name is Paula D. That would be me. And I am a compulsive overeater today, recovered by the grace of God. And I just want to go on one line and I'm being mindful of the time again. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like. What happened and what we are like now. Can I tell you, mine was like a 24,000 page thing, a book, hardcover. Today it's a soft, flexible paperback general way what we used to be like you don't need all the gory details you just need the facts and the facts are very very simple I came in broken and wounded and I finally finally saw it must begin with honesty I thought maybe somewhere in between no there is the true beginning that is the surrender to who I was and then it ends with and as I will what we are like now I am here I am present and I am with my travelers and I can say there really have we seen a person feel who has thoroughly followed our path it used to be my path today it is our path and with that I bid you all and I thank you again for this time that has been made available to me and I pass. Thank, thank you, Paula D. Thank you very much. And that does bring us to the close of our recorded meeting this morning. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I will ask Chelsea H. to please read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.